You just heard From Where Its Roots Run from The Sun That Never Sets, Part 2. This is Neurosis, and this is the Recommel Podcast. I'm Mark. And I'm Jason. And uh, probably, hopefully, a lot of you are listening to this like, with relatively little gap. So uh, to have another intro is kind of probably weird to you. But hey, yeah, you know, we, do, we do things by tradition. We, we've got a, we got a t- time-tested method. We have broadcast um, and cinematic arts background. Yeah, so. Exactly. Yeah, we got to do things professionally. We actually just before we uh, recorded that we've been spending like the last like thirty minutes uh, trying to figure out a new podcast host uh, aggregate, um, like a SoundCloud, just some place yeah, so. stuff that isn't concerned about copyright. Since we're yeah. if anybody knows anything about this, we'll do a really quick little blurb. But our show is considered, in my understanding, um, we're just like a radio show. We're not people aren't paying for our product. If you decide to do Patreon or any of that kind of stuff, that's basically just like, hey, thanks for what you're doing. Here's like a tip. You know, yeah. We stick a five fiver in your pocket or something. Mm-hmm. And we're using that money not to go out and party, but we're using it to try to like update our equipment to sound better, mm-hmm. to make everything more run more smoothly, be more of a professional operation. And right now, TalkShoe, the one we've been using, is free. But there's a downside to using like free services, like the servers crashed a couple times this week. and it, This is the first time it's ever happened. Yeah. But... It's a free service. And they it's, have it's no disconcerting a little. Yeah, I don't want to lose all. We have hard hard copies of everything, but I would like to have something maybe that's more contemporary. If anybody out there knows, like, can we use this on? Um, can SoundCloud? I guess there's issues with copyright material maybe. on we there. Don't know. Yeah. Perhaps I'm not sure. Um, or is Squarespace a better mm-hmm. option? Like, is we're willing to pay? I don't want to pay a ton. I want it to be easy and not take away from the time that we just devote to, to talking on the show. And if we did one of those new services, we might even be able to host a website off of that service too, which yeah. is one of the things that we'd like we to do and get up. back to, you know, show notes and so every episode would have its own page with, you know, unique album art and, yeah. you know, show notes and that kind of stuff. It would be nice to do that, be able to listen for those old people that like to just go to the page and read it and listen to it right there to stream it. Yeah. That type of thing. So, and we're just I I don't I'm not involved in technology enough to really keep yeah, up on this and shit I don't, anymore. So. I don't have time to keep up with that I, stuff. Yeah, I don't either. have time either. So, so we're just pontificating and exploring our options. So if you you know if you know something, you know, hit us up on social media or send us an email. And I mean, if we could get stuff. like a great like AM transmitter in your backyard, we could <laughs> yeah. just like do the shit live <laughs> at a certain great. time. Like go go full kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, pirate radio. Yeah, you know? <laughs> get a little ship offshore in England and, and do something. Crazy. But I think that our uh, Listenership would be considered like dwindled significantly yeah, from something yeah, like that, yeah. but that would be nice to be that easy to just like do it, put it here, people see it. Well, and we also want to do it just for preservation purposes, but we also want to use something that is convenient for you guys too. You know, to to get messages that say, "Ah, oh, I was trying to download your episode, but it's not working." Like, that's not what we want because that's how you lose people. You know, people yeah. give up on a podcast when they think something's you know wrong or broken or you got to make it as easy as possible. For yeah, people. exactly, and that's what we're trying to do. So, any feedback or, or commentary or whatever uh, would be greatly appreciated. So, so we ended part one kind of on a uh, a pretty you know, you know esoteric, spiritual, crazy sort of level, and then we kind of start in that same sort of realm a little bit with from where its roots run, which is uh, this. I think we mentioned before a very tribalistic, shamanistic. Um, to me, it's like a the turning point of the record. It's like a palate cleanse. You know, you get through Falling Unknown, and you're not ready to, like, do another song, like a traditional song with, like, lyrics and a chorus and things like this. And so this is, like, you know, three and a half minutes to just sort of, like, dump the system or, you know what I mean? Like, just get... To purge. Get, yeah, to purge and kind of get your mind kind of right for, 
for the second half of the record, you know, which is... Which it kind of builds up from, yeah. yeah. It builds again. You know, it built to Falling Unknown. That's like the first major crescendo. And then now it kind of dips back down. And then it's going to sort of build back up again. Regroup and then here's where we go from the sky. Yeah. Yeah. So I I think it fits perfectly. There's not a lot I have to say about this song from, um, you know, from a meaning standpoint, you know, because there's no words. Um, It's just a a good kind of starting point to kind of get the, the second part of this show and the second half of the record sort of moving in that direction. Um, but I think one thing I wanted to sort of share with you guys was as I was sort of like exploring, um, some stuff, I, I went looking for interviews on, um, uh, YouTube cause sometimes you find some cool interviews and there are some nice interviews out there with, uh, Steve Von Till and, um, Scott Kelly on some things. Uh, one where they talked about their experiences, like touring with Pantera for the first time, but I was hoping for like, Hey, is anybody out there like interviewed them and asked some questions about the sun, the sun that never sets. And of course, you know, Neurosis is notorious for kind of keeping a, a pretty close. They don't take the lid off of the they, creative process they, very much. They don't really talk too much. I mean, they'll do interviews. They're not that kind of like, you know, they'll do some touring. But uh, it was right around this time or right around the times of Times of Grace that they kind of stopped doing a lot of touring. Now it's more like special dates and festivals. It's on their own and, terms completely. Yeah. And I think before that, they were like really grinding out like a lot of touring. Um but which is a fucking it's a terrible road to go i mean yeah especially a band like that who has a lot of you know trying to have like this audio visual component like you have to bring all that with you because guaranteed the venue's not going to have it having this much gear to try to take and then getting a guarantee of like you know mm-hmm. a thousand bucks or something it's like that's you're that's a hard way to make and living. i think too like the way the type of music that they play in this era is pretty exhausting like i think yeah. they're 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 not just like playing the songs live. They're kind of doing the songs, like reenacting everything. Yeah, album. like it, it's yeah. sort of there, and so you know, I think it takes a lot out of them. But um, you know, I the the stuff I read earlier from John Baisley from Baroness came from a, a sort of special decibel issue because you know I think even Albert wrote in the beginning of that, um, and is from the editor letter in that Neurosis issue that. For years, he's been bugging these guys to do a Hall of Fame, and for, you know, and then, then the 30th anniversary of the band sort of came up, and sort of it kind of marked a special opportunity. Mm-hmm. And even Albert was kind of cynical about it. He's like, "You guys are probably not going to follow through on this." Like, and all of a sudden they did, and they did three Hall of Fames for one, uh, mm-hmm. you know, for one issue and stuff. So again, they're they're notoriously sort of private and secretive about about some of that stuff. But as I was looking on YouTube, um, I came across this comment and. It's it's awesome, and I don't know who this guy is. His name is Robert Demeter. Uh, I was gonna maybe write him. He posted this about seven months ago, but I thought like he really summed up a lot of kind of cool stuff about Neurosis, and so I thought I'd just sort of read this. We have some time. He says Neurosis is a band you do not listen to. If you're just listening, you will never come close to getting it. Humans are afraid of facing all their pain, that endless deep well of ache within them, all their inner darkness that keeps them unconscious and blind, afraid of facing all the lies of their thoughts. Neurosis is strictly a band that you must surrender to. You must fully surrender to the music and purge, 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 and purge some more. The ego thinking mind is afraid of surrendering. And as everyone in the mind is a total lie, or as everything in the mind is a total lie, the prison of the mind, do not fall into the trap of trying to understand neurosis with your mind because you will never be able to understand them with your thinking mind as thoughts can only operate in duality and duality is total illusion and reality. Neurosis has the ability to totally transform your ideas of what you believe music is, the real magical art of music. And neurosis can broaden their horizons of creativity that you never knew existed. 
that are all far beyond words and far beyond all concepts and far beyond all ideologies of the mind. Listen to Neurosis' entire discography over the next three to six months alone and fully let go and fully surrender. Mold yourself into their music and let it seep into you deeply and honestly. Like when you see drops on a window on a rainy day, as the drops accumulate and mesh together and fall slowly, allow their music to fall slowly into you the same way, and more and more and deeper, and don't let your thoughts get in the way. Do not think. Um, He says, the more pain you experience by... Uh, oh, the more pain you experience by surrendering to their music, the more healing you will receive with the many hidden t- uh, teachings in the music and allow it to flow through you. Because the immense beauty of the high consciousness of their band is far deeper than mere words, as lyrics are merely at the surface of images, and this magical band of beauty is far beyond all images. And he says, truth, don't truth is always paradoxical. Yeah, and most YouTube, comments, most YouTube like, comments are like, Fuck you. troll shit. Yeah. And I, I came across that, I was like, man, that's... That's that's pretty very, pretty pretty interesting stuff. Um, you know, he said the only cures for pain is hidden perfectly deep within the pain. This is something they will never teach you in any school or in any church. Nothing is more liberating than fully facing all your darkness. Deep within that is far beyond the mind of thoughts. The only path to the light is by fully facing all the emptiness and darkness within. Infinite teachings of bliss and beauty far beyond any words. This guy definitely does mushrooms. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Like con- confronting all of like no, seeing your faults and confronting them. That's all it takes. And then you accepting them and mm-hmm. then it sheds away. Yeah. Like these are all like very, these are all like very ancient ideas. For sure. Yeah. This is like Hinduism. This is Buddhism. This yeah. is meditation. This is like, yeah. you know, Taoism. Yeah, this is entranced, you know, thinking, you know. Yeah. This is stuff that's gone on for thousands of years. This is just like I mean, the modern like, interpretation of yeah, it. Yeah. It's even, you know, I mean, Christianity kind of gets knocked sometimes in a modern sense, but like, you know, if you look at true monastic Christianity, the you know, monks and nuns and like, mm-hmm. you know, confining themselves and really like the true ideas you know, like the the power of fasting the power like mm-hmm. to to repair your body mm-hmm. like sure. all these things are like they rejuvenate they rejuvenate the body and the spirit by having the the self-control and the discipline to not do exactly what you want all the time yeah yeah no <laughs> that's all it takes is just a little bit you know yep yep so i, I just thought that was a, a a cool thing especially after listening to falling unknown like i kind of came across that and so uh, speaking of all of this, we, we arrive at Crawl Back In, uh, and Crawl Back, Crawl Back In has this great lyrical line that says, time is truth, hard and cruel. You know, it's this idea of like going back into kind of the pain uh, a little bit. And, and again, that confrontation of it all. And, you know, he, here's, here's my thoughts on Crawl Back In. Um, the way it opens up lyrically it opens up with this line, hammer and skull, I am waiting to return your suffering. In my mind, I see you distant, broken, and lost again. And I kind of have this like evocative, like I was thinking of it in like a film sense of like, can you imagine the this like the opening of the song with those lyrics um, with a long pan kind of like zooming in and then like standing there's like Leatherface, just like holding like, a, you know, it's like a horror movie about to begin, you know. There's this like pursuit in this song, like of... The, the way the drums sort of work, they, they sort of oscillate. It's like they're always like foreboding and like coming after you in the same way, you know, we've been on a big John Carpenter kick, but one of the things that's so scary about like the character of Michael Myers is that he just keeps coming. He's a force of nature. He's, he's not a person. He can't yeah. be reasonable. He's with. just a force yeah. of nature. And so this, like that opening line really got me. And then, you know, some of the other lines, you know, like I said, um, you know, about, you know, facing the, the realities and this, this, 
this uncontrollable truth that's like sort of coming after you, you mm-hmm. know. And there's a real beautiful part to crawl back into. This is the this is the song to me that has like the most kind of soft, um, you know, it's got this kind of slint like guitar that's sort yeah. of working throughout it around right. the four minute mark. You get like a a cool like mogwai sort of layering. You can tell there's like a lot of indie rock and um, just other kind of outside music. Sort yeah, of I don't know if, the, if it was an outside thing or if that was like in the zeitgeist at the yeah, time because. I, there's a lot like four carnation. A lot of that stuff was like real. Everything had, everybody had kind of a consistent thing, but it all came out at the same time. Yeah. We'll so, look at like uh, another record that came out in 2001, which is Catatonia last fair deal gone down, which was like bathed in Nick Drake and Jeff Buckley and the cure and all these different things that had been there for Catatonia. But like they really kind of came out, you know, they were like mature enough to like take, take those influences and run with them and mm-hmm. make it their own. I mean, Paradise Lost was doing a lot of weird stuff. My Darn Bride, Anathema put out like Judgment and um, um, uh, the Fine, fine Day Daxic, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, you had a lot of bands that were like exploring, I don't know, their indie rock or the, at least just deeper roots of some different things and, and really kind of getting into like some of the soft, loud kind of dynamics of stuff. And so to me, this song is really dramatic because, you know, it builds in the same way. You know, it's got the crescendo build that the neurosis is kind of known for. But I think the crescendo build is a lot more softer and kind of like there's a heartbroken sort of quality about this song, too, that I, yeah. I really, really like. So um, so it's 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 cool. And, you know, the slint guitar I was mentioning to Mark is kind of cool, too, because um, Steve Albini produced the very first slint record, uh, Tweeze. And then he didn't do... Their uh their their follow up to that, which is kind of their big um, masterpiece record, which just escaped me. It's the one with them sitting in Spiderland. Spiderland, thank yeah. you. But Albini's famously quoted as saying, "That's the best sounding record I've ever heard." <laughs> like he loved it. You know, it's kind of the same way people talk about like Funhouse from the Stooges. Like that's yeah. like the greatest sounding like rock record if you're not that like the real raw like mm-hmm. rock kind of sound or something. And so there's it's kind of cool that like Albini has a chance to like mold that maybe with these guys although he kind of tends to say he takes a real hands-off approach he just lets them do whatever they want and just gets the best sound for him but yeah but, but he's got a he's yeah. got an aesthetic that for sure people come to him for mm-hmm. like there's a certain amount of like organicness that every band no matter who it is even bush sure you know, he did bush yeah that has a <laughs> great. great guitar sound yeah I don't really care for the music that much, but the guitar sound is undeniably good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. he has like people come to him for a very specific reason. Like we want stuff to sound loud and raw and what maybe like a, a live representation of us actually sounds like. He might be one of the best producers I've ever heard to encapsulate beautiful noise. Him and Kurt Ballou. Mm-hmm. Kurt yeah. Ballou does some unreal shit. Yeah, yeah, with with beautiful noise. Yeah, know? but you go back to like the noisiness of like uh, Jesus Lizard records and stuff like that, and even in Utero. In Utero is probably it's it's like up there with like OK Computer or Kid A and being like one of the most um noisy, disjointed, uncommercial commercial records like of all time. Like like he was Kurt Cobain was trying to like almost like sync Nirvana with that record, like in almost like. See how far you could push purge it. Purge fans away yeah. to like say who's the true fans. You know, like yeah. I mean, just songs with like just feedback all over the place. I mean, it's like obnoxious, and I loved it. So that kind of probably told me I was like on the right path to extreme music, or you know, what I mean, yeah, you know, when I heard that. But I did know a lot of people complain about that record. Like, ah, oh, it doesn't. It's not as poppy as like uh, you know, Nevermind and stuff like that. So, so I think he is has this mastery of taking all these disparate elements and, and 
you know, they've got layers and layers. You've got the viola, you've got the synths, you've got the crushing guitar, you've got the pounding drums. Mm-hmm. He, he can kind of do all these things and make it kind of work. You yeah. know? And so I think Albini is, you know, he's kind of a, definitely a secret weapon and an MVP of, of, of this record in particular, you know. So um, so we have Crawl Back In, and then we're going to end with uh, Watchfire, kind of a short set here to sort of set up the grand kind of uh, finale of this whole record. And um, Watchfire, I don't have too much to say about this record or this song. To me, this is one of the weird, the most compositionally interesting songs. It, it kind of has, it almost doesn't like fit sometimes. It has like movements within it. You know, it's yeah. not a cohesive song in the way that like some of the other ones. It almost kind of bridges toward the end of, you know. Yep. You know, the so. stones from the sky. So. Exactly. So stones it, from the sea. Stones it? from the sea. And you uh, put sky on there. I've, I'm really. Oh no! It's stones from the sky. Is it? Yep. yep. Okay. So we were either right you know, or wrong earlier. Well, the sea thing is just because of the clanging. It sounds it like a, like yeah. a, like a buoy or a boat off in the distance trying to avoid. You know, it almost reminds me of the opening track from uh, My Dying Bride, Angel in the Dark River. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of has yeah. that like kind of weird quality but we'll we'll talk more about songs from the sky later because that's that's good stuff so enjoy crawl back in and watch fire
That was Watchfire, and then we started with Crawl Back In. And um, Watchfire we were just listening to because that was one we hadn't planned to really talk too much about. And it's, uh, I you know, it's it's not the most dynamic of the songs on this record, but it fits right in with like kind of the, the narrative feel. You know, you can't have yeah. all highs all the time with the way that they build their music in terms of like crescendos type stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And Watchfire, I was trying to, I was asking Mark, like, man, the riff, especially those last couple minutes, the, the sort of dissonant minor chord riffing with, like, feedback kind of worked around. I'm like, what is, what doom metal band am I thinking of? And you you came up with it. D- anathema. Yeah. Like, yeah, Danny used to hold hold out, uh, you know, dissonant feedback, mm-hmm. like, better than anybody, which... And they still did, even when they were doing, like, more, like, rock-oriented stuff. Yeah. You know, even, like, on... Um, uh, find data to exit and stuff like yeah. that. He used, but that. some of those early, like you know, Crestfallen EP and Serenades and um, Pentecost Three and, and some 3, of that stuff. Yeah. Like, that that almost like was kind of the the propulsive, you know, uh, factor of the of the song. Just mm-hmm. a lot of that, just holding it out and seeing how long and how how morose you could make the thing Danny, sound. Danny Cavanaugh, man, that was his <laughs> his kind of specialty. Back so. in the head dreadlocks. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> And so now we're left kind of, uh, you know, with the, the final conclusion, um, and it's Resound and Stones from the Sky. Um, before we get to that, because we'll, we'll kind of be, be sort of ending on that, I did want to take an opportunity uh, to recognize uh, the Patreon people for a moment, because I feel like I, once we once we say our goodbyes, I want to kind of, I want to talk about the song and, and let the song sort of happen, if that yeah. makes sense, if, if you're okay with kind of going out sure. of our, our of order. Because I feel like Stones, Stones from the Sky, like deserves that, like, just kind of focus point. But uh, we did we did a Patreon special um, not too long back that uh, kind of got thrown into your download feed, and since then we, the response has been uh, fantastic as well. We're up to I think twenty six Patreons total, and so I wanted to acknowledge some of the people that have kind of you know taken some time out of their their busy lives to to you know donate to us and to support us in any kind of way. And so we've got uh, Daniel Stanton, uh, Matthew Wolf, uh, Stephen Wheeler, Robert Blanton, Jeff Fitzgerald, and then actually a friend of ours who went with us to go see uh, Mayhem and um, Immolation. Immolation, yeah, recently it was uh, Stavros Glitzos. Uh, he's told me to say it with as much Greek emphasis as possible. Yeah, I've, I've never heard it said. Yeah, so. I don't know, yeah. <laughs> we just call him Stavros. So uh, Tom Weasley, uh, Per Ove Narland. Which is I gotta guess a Norwegian name. I, I hope so. I, yeah, I hope so too. Nolan Bradley and then Amelia Lombardi, which I can say that one because I lived in Italy pretty well. So, um, but yeah, so I mean, we're that's that's an addition to all the people that we announced on on the last episode that we did um, before, uh, or you know, before Scorpions Two was actually released. But uh, we appreciate that, and if you are interested in becoming a Patreon, uh, to go to patreon.com, and I believe it's Requiem. Uh, metal is the backslash but if you okay. just look up requiem um i have it loaded on my computer Requiem podcast you find yeah it. um and so yeah we're we're looking to get um some more patreons out there we're hoping we, we think after maybe this month we'll have enough to buy two new mics mm-hmm. and then just as we were kind of talking about in the last one we're you know looking to use some of the patreon money to maybe find a better uh you know service hosting post, service hosting yeah. service and stuff like that and so we're we're trying to put put money into action. Um, I know that uh, Ben Adler. I, I kind of reached out to him a little bit to pick his brain about it, you know if he was interested in which Eclipse or uh, Requiem uh, issue back issue. And he said, "Well, I want to wait till they're all 
digitize into like kind of a, a digitized PDF. And I'm like, well, okay, maybe, you know, maybe that's something we could use that money towards is maybe hire that. somebody to, or, you know, a friend of ours or somebody that needs, has a lot of board time that would be willing to yeah. scan in a lot of stuff for us or, and maybe do something uh, along those lines. But the hardest part is that the, they're not standard size things yeah. and a lot of them are old. So the, the newsprint, the print's hard to read. It's hard sometimes. to read. So yeah. it's, it'd be it's, interesting. It's not, not perfect. I wish we had, you know, if we had like the original, like digital files of some of that, I have but, the first uh, two digitally done yeah. as, as a PDF, but, yeah. um, I don't think the resolution is that great. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> we that those that early '90s zine technology that just didn't. didn't. Well, you know, the thing is, um, uh, the original one of the you know the requiem. Me and Chris Dick started the requiem zine back in you know early '90s. He found a paginated version, I think, of the first issue in his. Uh, he was going through like a, a safe or so. I don't know why he has a safe, but going through a safe and found that and he was oh, going to wow. bring it. And so I can actually scan the original, original, because normally you'd have the paginated piece and then you'd put that on the copy machine and copy it from that. Yeah. So the, the original was like a second generation. Second generation yeah. So getting a, a scan of the first generation would be nice. That'd be awesome. Yeah. So maybe we'll send that out to people in a digital form just when we, we get that. And mm-hmm. then I'll check with all those people here. I'm hoping over Christmas break when I have a little bit of like, I have some days to just kill because as a teacher, it's, pretty crazy until you get these breaks yeah. uh, and then reach out to all the patrons and maybe, you know, take a trip to the post office and, and mail out like a, a random eclipse or a requiem issue. Just as kind of an initial thank you before we do kind of some of our Patreon specials, but we have gotten yeah. some feedback from people about what kind of things they're, they're sort of interested in doing. So um, if you have some thoughts on, on what you as a Patreon might be interested in beyond just maybe your, your, a token copy of eclipse or requiem, if there's a, I know one person got back in touch with us and said they really like the idea of doing like a metal guide to jazz because he said he's always been intimidated, like how mm-hmm. an entry point, you know, he has no idea like how to get into a genre like that. And I know we've joked about some, you know, indie guy or a metal guide to indie rock, metal, sure. you know, just some different. We could start uh, throwing those out. I think as one episodes, they would be fine. I think it, yeah. anything more than that might be too. <laughs> it might throw people off too much. Yeah, yeah. But we can at least hit a couple highlights of some fun, like good yeah. starting points and things like that. But, um, you know, and definitely we've had some interest from people that, you know, down the road when we get more, uh, a, a bigger group of Patreons to sort of almost have a lottery where we pull a name out and, you know, say, hey, what do you give do? us three give us three choices and, you know, we'll we'll pick one that tickles <laughs> our fancy. Don't be a dick. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't say that you want an Atreyu <laughs> show because I don't silence, want to yeah, hear it. Yeah, can't do it. I have no interest in that. I have good faith in our listeners that they are not <laughs> big fans of Suicide Silence and that sort of stuff. So I think they, some, they some people are contrarians and like to stir up the pot. That's true. Stir up the That's shit true. pot. Oh, let's so. see. Let's put these two assholes out there and yeah. let them let them hang on. Do this. a trivium retrospective yeah. for yeah. us. Like, uh. You know what I've heard? War on the Street is new, new trivium is surprisingly awesome. Like, that's actually come from some pretty like it's, it's more death metally and i so, uh, i haven't heard it i watched the, like the the banger oh okay. uh, review show mm-hmm. I, I'll, I'll listen to that every once in a while and i know that the the main guy i forget what the, i don't know what his name Sam is Dunn? no the guy oh, from Trivium was like oh. a huge emperor fan you could definitely hear it in some cool. of the music but yeah, good for him you know. you know this one sounded more at least the clips i heard on that show sounded more so, death metalish, but it's still not enough for me to go and like <laughs> check the record out <laughs> i just don't care <laughs> Uh, that's why Mark and I make a good team. I, I'm, I'm like the eternal optimist, and Mark's kind of like, yeah, I'm over this shit. Wow. It takes a lot to get me to get into this. And I, I respect that because I'm that way with a lot of things. Uh, I tell my students constantly, I, I don't think I know how to like this. So yes. you Thank you, Jeff wanna, Wagner, for you that. You probably don't want to waste your time with that. That comment is the best. It's, it's the most diplomatic way to say, I don't give a shit. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not going to like this at all. 
Um, so yeah, let us uh, let us know what you thought. Get a, a we, we're always welcoming more patrons um, to go on patreon.com. And then also uh, shoot us an email at requiempodcast at gmail.com. Check us out on Facebook, uh, Mark and Jason. And uh, that's a good way to get in contact with us. I check that, you know, usually every couple days. Uh, and on Twitter at Podcast Requiem. Um, follow us on that. And then another thing that I've, I really think would be helpful is for everyone that hasn't to go on iTunes. If you do go to iTunes or if you subscribe to iTunes, if you don't, It'd be nice just to go to iTunes anyways. Leave us a five-star rating uh, if you believe we deserve that and a comment. Because apparently the, the ratings help a lot. They they get... They bring you to the top of the pile. They bring you to the top of the pile. So We have a five-star rating at this yeah, point. Yeah, and I know we have a great rating and stuff like that. But, you know, the more we get of them, if we got like an influx of them, it'd be kind of badass. Mm-hmm. You know, so we know you're out there. So it'd be really cool. Um, and yeah, we're always looking for feedback. Let us know if you like things. Uh, let us know if we talked too deeply about neurosis for your liking. But I, I think that's why you turn to a podcast like us. Yeah. Is we're not going to give your same old, same old commentary. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's our, our, our kind of send-off. So let's talk about this last song, then. We've, we've done all the... We've, we've, we've messed the whole order up uh, just, to, just to mess your world up. But we've got these, these last two pieces of music, which is Resound and then Stones from the Sky. And resound kind of starts with the kind of like weird tolling bells, and you said that it um, it's the same type of bells that you hear at the beginning of Stones from the to Sky. My ear. It's but, like but, modulated to a different, but it's kind of modulated frequency or something. Yeah. So it's it's really just kind of a, an hors d'oeuvre to what you're about yeah, to get it's with the precursor Stones to... from the Sky. And um, one thing about Stones from the Sky is I didn't read all of the the John Baisley comment on this record from uh, the Neurosis issue. But he says, um, I put a limit on the time I would spend writing this piece, the exact time it takes to listen to Sun That Never Sets. Finally, I always have and never will cease to include an homage and a nod to the last five and a half minutes of Stones from the Sky on every Baroness record, at least until Neurosis asks me to stop. It may be the most awe-inspiring five and a half minutes of recorded music this side of the millennium. If it doesn't send a shiver down your spine on record or on stage, then you just wasted your time reading this review. And I thought that was kind of a cool little little thing because I I made mention to Mark that I think this is my favorite Neurosis song because of the last five and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. It's you compared it to like jazz. Speaking of of jazz, a little bit, yeah, like a, a really simple, you know, uh, sequence of notes, but done to like just such an uh, impressive effect, just building and building and building on the same, just like yep throughout the whole, even starting with like the 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 tempo of the the bells it sounds like some ship you know coming it's like in an ominous like yeah. yeah it's like something from the fog or some shit yeah it's it like, is it has like a john carpenter yeah fog kind the, of thing. the tolling of the bell thing but just that that tempo starts and then uh bringing in the different instrumentation doing the exactly same simple thing mm-hmm. and then the only thing that weaves in and out of that is just the the vocals and like the weird like like just electronic noises and yeah. chaos and you've the got chris forces like and, viola and violin sort of like entering at certain moments and just adding like again another kind of creepy sort of layer to everything um, and i'm not sure like as far like how the end starts to, to to fall apart a little bit i don't know if, how much of that is albini and how much of that's landis incorporating you know stuff with yeah electronics but um i've never i don't think i've heard the song live i can't remember if they played this at metal fest when i saw them i want to say they did because that's the night that the lightning storm was sort of happening, and I just kind of was having this like this weird feeling, like oh, this is like overwhelming to me. Well, and Vontel um, threw his guitar on the ground because the strap kept breaking. Yeah, which I was like, okay, come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Uh, it's been watched. But there is, yeah, the, there's something about, I, I, I compared it to like my, my Bloody Valentine, Loveless, how, you know, if you're not familiar with that record, Kevin Shields, who is in the band and produced it, you, you hear like the songs themselves on that record, like, you know, he's doing some of the th- same techniques that you heard like the Beatles do on Sgt. Pepper, where they're playing things like backwards and mm-hmm. stretching the, the tape and stuff. It's very... It's kind of one of the last like true analog masterpieces that Loveless record. And to me, Albini, a guy that worships like analog, I feel like he has a hand in this because he's doing some of the same kind of things that Kevin Shields would would have done with mm-hmm. music, where he's he's almost like destroying it and tearing it apart in small ways, and you you hear the song like dissolve at the very end. And for the, like to physically impact, I don't know a whole lot of instances where the like the degradation of the recording amplifies the intent of the song yeah which is really to have that start to fall apart and then when it comes back in all the levels are peaked yeah i remember the first time i heard this was on headphones and that that starts breaking down then boom comes back in with a riff again and it's just every time it comes back in red you just get it's like getting hit with a fucking folding chair every single time and you just drop right to the ground absolutely and i remember the first time i heard this i thought my cd was skipping yeah, I'll be honest. I was yeah. like, "Goddamn promo!" They sent me a bad <laughs> promo, and I've done it to other people before where I played it and I said, "Just listen to the song," and they're like, "What's wrong? What's happening?" Like they're uncomfortable when it starts like falling yeah. apart. They think it's you know it's not right, mm-hmm. and that's the point. Yeah, you know, is there's yeah. there's this like level, and and if you hear Loveless, there's a lot of those sort of tricks on that record that that do that kind of thing. Um, but you know, it's it's like the dissolution of the kind of very fabric of music itself. You're kind of hearing, <laughs> yeah. and and then that sounds kind of like pretentiously profound. Well, you clearly haven't been listening to like the other things we've been talking about because they've earned it. You know, there's yeah. very few bands that sort of earn the ability to say these kind of things about. But like when you hear songs like Falling Unknown or Stones from the Sky, like it's it's kind of a it's kind of transcendent. It just kind well, of there's is. there's a lot of bands where you hear this kind of like hyperbole and, and when they're talking about it but they're full of shit yeah and this band is clearly not yeah and you know what's, <laughs> yeah. and what's interesting is 2001 you heard this not on not and this was a far less mainstream record but than than the record i'm about to compare it to but you know one of the things that like uh radiohead did in 2001 with kid a is they were really interested in the style of music called like glitch mm-hmm. where you almost like scratch your own like music files and stuff like that so it like purposely like skipped and did like you know dj shadow did some things like kind of with that that influenced like some of the things that like radiohead did on kid a and on, on amnesiac as well and there's like me, making parts out of destroying the music yeah and yeah. so they're like I, it's kind of to me part of the same kind of narrative and the same sort of approach almost yeah. you know um and i mean I, like i said those those bands are talked about with reverence for a reason because they're taking chances that a lot of other bands wouldn't have taken like to push their boundaries as far as they can possibly push them. Yeah. And somehow they, they keep a a consistent kind of like pulpit for people to hear it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like Radiohead's one of those, those few bands that is, I I don't really care about the last couple of records, but at least um, everything from, uh, what the hell, what was the, the first one? Paranoid Android on it. Uh, Uh, okay. Computer. Okay. Computer to, Probably like for you, probably in rainbows and stuff like that was probably one of the in last. In rainbows, ones. I didn't really care about either. Oh, really? Like right. up right up until it was the, like the most interesting kind of kinetic weird shit mm-hmm. I think they were doing. Yeah. It got too refined in like the what was it a heart shaped pool, a moon shaped pool or something? Yeah. Was the last one. Uh, that record actually like the more you listen, it's, you got to spend some time with that one. It's though. just not as it's not as uh, 
blatant. Yeah, it was, that's that one's it's way more like ambient. Yeah, like the blatant stuff. creativity of that era. Mm-hmm. Just yeah, that's what kind of excited me about that stuff. Yeah, for sure. And so, Stones from the Sky is a it's a perfect. I mean, I can't think of a more perfect song to end a <laughs> like end an episode with. So we'll let the song kind of speak for itself at this point. Um, but enjoy resound in stones from the sky and hopefully you've enjoyed our exploration in a neurosis and we just gave you all those wonderful ways to get in touch with us and, and uh, our uh, double double size king double size episode king size man. but you get it the same day yeah. you don't have to wait exactly a exactly. month or whatever so enjoy resound and stones from the sky for requiem metal podcast i'm jason and i'm mark Feeling their rhythm.